Welcome to the Animal Rescue League of Iowa's For Love of Animals podcast. Here are your hosts, Carol and Dan. Welcome. Welcome to the ARL For Love of Animals podcast. I'm Carol and I'm here with Dan and we are ready to talk animals for the next hour. Hello. I can't say good morning anymore. You can't. We used to say good morning. I know. But good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Doesn't right. really matter. Whenever you're listening to this, exactly. Happy day. Yeah, yes. you, you can listen in the middle of the night if you want. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so we're glad you're here with us, listening. Um, we love, love, love to talk animals. So we just kind of just start talking, and uh, but we do want to invite you if you have questions that you want to ask us about behavior, uh, if you want to tell us a wonderful animal story. We want to hear it, and you can get on our website at www.arl-iowa.org, and you can put those questions in there, and we are super happy to address those issues in one of our up-and-coming podcasts. Yeah, Um, it's super easy to do it, too. Yes, You just go to the website, like Carol said, arl-iowa.org, click on Community, and then scroll down, and you'll see ARL's For Love of Animals podcast. You click that, and then there's a little form that you put your name and your question, and you hit submit. That's it. That's it. It's so easy. And additionally, you can go to our Animal Rescue League of Iowa for Love of Animals Facebook page, and our wonderful, wonderful friend and volunteer, Bernie, updates that page for us. But you can put comments on there also, and we'll make sure we get those as well. And we're happy to address topics you might might have or want us to kind of talk about or information you're looking for we are happy to do it because yeah and what like what kinds of things would people want to know i mean we get questions about tons of stuff right 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 cat box questions cats not using the box dogs jumping what's the best pet maybe to get my child for Mm -hmm. a pet um you know plus like hey we had a question you know a while back that you know raccoon had gotten in a dumpster Yes. One of those large dumpsters, and they were like, it keeps getting in there. How do we get it out? And we had a wonderful story that had popped up that somebody had taken a board. Yeah, that's right. Putting it in there slanted. The raccoon could just climb out anytime then. Mm-hmm. So we're happy to answer any of those type of questions too. Yeah, and that exact scenario, when I was doing uh, animal services for the city of Des Moines, um, I cannot remember the school. It was over off of uh, like south of Grand. And the, the raccoons would get in the school's dumpster all the time. Of course. And the janitor would call. Yep. And I would go out and I would open the thing and I would put the, you know, like the catch pole that yeah. we use for yep. bad dogs. And I would put that in there and wait like five minutes and they would climb out. Right. And so I finally told the guy, I said, just leave a two by four in the dumpster. Right. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, I mean, you'll have to take it out when you know they're going to empty yeah. it or whatever. But uh, then you don't have to call us you know, yeah, every day. Absolutely. There's a solution. <laughs> There's a solution. And right. I don't remember getting any calls after that. Right. So, yep. um, you know, sometimes the easiest solution is not something that you think of because you don't have to deal with it all the time. Right. But if you have a question, ask us because we've probably dealt with it in some manner and or another. Not, not we, you we and I, but we know call. the people. That's exactly absolutely. right. Absolutely. And just so you know a little bit about us, I've been involved with Animal Rescue League for over 30 years. Uh, I've worked as a volunteer in pretty much every area of the Animal Rescue League, (laughs) uh, and I kind of specialized in uh, cat and cat behavior. So I'm happy to 
address any of those issues. I uh, helped write the For Love of Cats book, mm-hmm. um, and uh, which all the proceeds of that went to the Animal Rescue League. Uh, but we did it for cat lovers. We also have a for love of dog one. Mm-hmm. It has lots of behavior tips and stuff in there. Um, so I've been around a long time, been around a lot of species of animals, <laughs> had a lot of wonderful experiences over 30 years, uh, being with all sorts of species of animals. And Dan, you've been around forever also. Um, I think it's been about just about half of that. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about. Right. But and, um, and you worked with animal services. Animal services, yep. I did uh, a little fill in stint there when they were short on um, officers. But uh, like you, I started, you know, working with the dogs and cats, you know, feeding them, you know, socializing yep. them, whatever. And then um, got into the behavior side of things and started working with dogs that needed. A little bit of extra work, you know, they were scared. That's 99% of the uh, behavior issues that come through the shelter. It's not because the dog is mean and wants to, you know, eat the people, but they're just scared. So you just need to show them that they can do it and give them some confidence and move on with their way. But uh, then I started volunteering in the barn, um, was doing training classes. So yeah, I've I've done just about everything right. too, I think. Yeah. So Dan and I are here and we love animals. And this this show, somebody asked me today what the purpose of this was. And the purpose of this is to educate, but also to celebrate and to celebrate animals, not mm-hmm. just dogs and cats, but we want to celebrate all sorts, like the whole raccoon thing, being in the dumpster. That's a raccoon. Right. Right. So we live with raccoons and we need to like figure out how to humanely deal when there's issues so we have a raccoon that's in a dumpster we want to humanely deal with that and thus your suggestion of putting a two by four in there for it to climb out right problem solved problem solved (laughs) nobody hurt that's right right and yeah well on this podcast we talk about literally everything from uh echidnas which we talked about last week yes um you know to orcas to horses rats yep bugs we've talked about bugs before absolutely um so if you have a question ask us if we don't know the answer like you said earlier we know who to ask to get an answer and we'll find out that's right yeah so this is all about love and kindness um with animals that we live with and so we're so excited you're joining us to listen and i'm going to start with the ridiculous story of what happened to me this week perfect uh which you will hear often the ridiculous stories of what <laughs> happens with me but i was driving down my road and i got to almost to the end set of set the road. scene you live in the country I do. okay i live in the country but once i kind of get to a main road coming out of where i live it, it, there's a lot of traffic yeah basically. highway yeah so i'm almost to the end of the road getting ready to get on to a busier highway street but I see a squirrel in the road and I know immediately, oh my gosh, like it's been hit by a car. I swear I saw it move and I thought, well, maybe it's just the wind and it's the tail. <laughs> and so I'm driving by and no, I pull, I pull up next to the squirrel. I put on my flashers because there's tons of traffic coming behind me. Sure. I put on my flashers. I'm like, nope, it's alive. It was like trying to crawl off the road. Oh, no. There's a little bit of blood. And I uh, put on my flashers. I'm directing traffic. Don't know why. Don't have a badge or anything. But I was like, you just do what you got to do. I know directing traffic. Like you need to go around. Get in the back of my car. Now the thing is, is usually I have like a net, gloves, a cage, a leash, the whole deal. I'm armed in my in my vehicle. (laughs) But unfortunately, I was not armed in my vehicle because 
when I work on the Raise Your Paw auction, which happens in April, so it's been enough time, I should have known better. Uh, I took everything out because I'm gathering items for the Raise Your Paw auction. Right. And I didn't put it back in. Shame on me. But I do have a jacket in there. Like, I had a windbreaker jacket in my very back. So I grab it, and I go over to the squirrel, and the poor thing is, you know, hurt and you know whatever so I'm like oh just you know I'm not gonna let it sit there and suffer so I reach down I wrap the squirrel in my jacket I put it in the very back of my vehicle um I put it in the very back of my vehicle um and shut the you know hatchback part and then get in my car and I am headed for animal services because they're close to where I'm at right so I call, and one of the officers is there to help me and, you know, be able to get it, you know, humanely put down. So I get there. I pull in. I jump out of my car. I go to the back. I peek in the window. I don't see the squirrel in oh, the jacket. No. But I think to myself, well, I, you know, obviously it's there. So I <laughs> open no. the lift gate, and I kid you not, Dan, it is sitting right on the edge, like, looking at me. Full up, sitting up. The tail is up. Like perky as can be? Perky as can be. Oh, no. So my mind in this five seconds is like, do I shut the tailgate and drive it back to where it was? But I think to myself, uh, at what point am I going to look in my rearview mirror and it's coming over the seat? Like, right. you know, uh, two, okay, what is happening? It was like so surreal to me. So I stood there for those four seconds, five seconds, it leaps, okay, it leaps. I'm thinking, oh God, it's coming towards me, but it didn't. It leapt to right to my left, jumped on my bumper, leapt out and ran across this little parking lot and into this wooded area and climbed a tree. It was totally fine. Oh, no. Like it, it had just gotten, like it was stunned for I a little guess. bit or something. Yeah. I, it must have been. But oh, no. <laughs> seriously, I have never had that experience before in my life. The animal services officer came out when all this was kind of happening, and he's like, I've never seen anything like that. It was bizarre it was bizarre so i look good at, thing they knew who you were because yeah. they would be like this lady's carting around squirrels I, I, I in her know. car i know i i seriously i looked at my jacket because i thought you know there was a little bit of blood there was hardly any blood on the jacket he must have just gotten tapped yeah and was stunned or something and right had i but i mean in hindsight i'm glad that i picked him up at least because he would have been run over right. when he wasn't able to move. Right. But in hindsight, I probably should have like put him on the side of the road for a couple minutes and waited to see if he gathered himself <laughs> up. But lesson learned. Yes. Well, yeah. Don't uh, just drive by next time. Uh, right. Right. But now you know. But now I know about squirrels. <laughs> and then, of course, I felt bad. Like, you know, I took him out of his normal area, but I did call. And I talked to somebody who knows squirrels and said, you know, hey, you got him to a spot where there's trees and food. Right. And, and it's not nesting right. or breeding season. Right. It's kind of like when you do rehab on wildlife. Right. You, you know, plus, what was I going to do? How was I going to know which squirrel it was to try to <laughs> capture and move back to where it was? But uh, it, the lesson there, I think, is you know, I'm not suggesting everyone, anytime they see a squirrel, go pick it up, but I'm just relaying my latest wildlife information. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. Yeah. Um, good thing it wasn't Tina that met you 
at the Aero Animal <laughs> Services because she does not like squirrels. Like, she'll care for them. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't. Uh, Tina would always care for everything. Uh, right. But she does not like them in confined spaces. Oh, I can't even because imagine. Because they're so unpredictable and they just oh. hop and jump everywhere. Oh, my gosh. You should have seen this thing come <laughs> flying past me. I seriously thought he was going to land on my shoulder. <laughs> right. He went right by me. I mean, they are. They're they're cagey. Yes, they're they are. Cagey. Yes, they yeah. are. Yeah. I remember when I was riding with her doing volunteer work, um, we got called to a house. There was a squirrel in the guy's house. And he's like, I don't. Or it was an apartment, actually. And he was like, I, it won't, like, go outside. I don't know what to do. Blah, blah. And Tina's like, I ain't going in there. And I was like, okay, I'll take care of it. She's worried about the squirrel. This is the person who gets deer out of nets and right. Rac- and buckets off raccoon heads right we'll pick up a possum like no problem yeah (laughs) but she's like nope not dealing with a squirrel (laughs) uh well anyway that's that's my latest story (laughs) i uh i have learned but you know at least he's okay yeah you know yeah he'll be fine right there exactly the river's right there yeah there's tons of spots right yeah he'll be he'll be golden (sighs) So in a less stressful animal story, let's talk about this amazing story of this dog. Um, Wow. Yeah. So this um, just came across the news uh, a couple days ago. Uh, I want to say maybe like Friday. And just for context, it's Monday. All right. This this isn't a secret. We're going to be recording on Mondays, Monday evenings, and we'll post them on Wednesday. That's exactly right. Um, So this is still fresh a little bit, but... In Colorado, there was um, an older guy, older gentleman, who would go hiking with his dog into the San Juan Mountains. Um, He did this. Unfortunately, the guy passed away from hypothermia. While on the trails. While on the trails with his dog. Yeah. And 72 days later, um, uh, there was a hunter walking through the mountains and saw this guy and his dog was still next to him uh, and alive. Unbelievable. Right? Like it gives me chills just thinking about me it. Me too. Um, so 10 weeks. 10 weeks, 72 days. Unbelievable. Uh, the dog started out at 12 pounds. Um, on August 19th is when they left for their uh, little hike. And the dog's name is Finney. Um, and was a terrier. A terrier, yeah, like a uh, rat terrier, Jack Russell mix looking uh, little puppy. Um, and then on October 30th is when uh, Finney was discovered by the guy walking through the mountains. So he, of course, let um, authorities know. And then uh, they called in, you know, the rescue crew, whatever. And they got Finney. Finney is safe and sound with um, the gentleman's wife. Dana is her name. And Finney has gained back all of her weight, and she still goes on four- to five-mile hikes every day. And I I thought it was really touching that she said that Finney is really clingy and will not let her out of her sight, Mm -hmm. out of his sight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't mention this, but I would be remiss if I didn't. When the dog was found, it weighed six pounds, so it had lost 50% of its body weight. Body weight. Oh, which my gosh. Which is insane to me. I know. And then you got to wonder, like, did the dog lay there the whole time, or did the dog go try to find food and then come back? Right. Or, 
Well, I mean, surely it did, right? I, I, well, they did say it had a what a scar, yeah, maybe on its nose, like it, it got in a tussle or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. That is just ten weeks ten that dog weeks. survived all ten by weeks. itself and never left its owner. I tell you, there there are not many creatures, if any, better than a dog, right? In terms of that loyalty and that, that loyalty. Yeah, connection. I agree. Unbelievable. I agree. My cats would be like, "See you later." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We love cats, but let's face it. Maybe like, mm, it's nap time. Right. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. This not is here. too hard. Right. <laughs> yeah, but what an amazing story. Uh, um, you know. We wish Dana all the best Absolutely. with her and Finney, and we're so sorry to hear that her husband passed away, but yeah, um, there's probably a little bit of uh, comfort knowing that she still has Finney. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. Crazy. In fact, she said that. She said it brings mm-hmm. her so much comfort that she's got Finney there. Right. So, yeah. I, I believe it. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. <sighs> crazy stories. So, Thanksgiving's this week. And, Already, can you uh, believe that? I can't. It just amazes me how time is flying. I so, know. Uh, so I got a little bit of Thanksgiving trivia. Let's see how much you oh, can do. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. What let's is do a it. baby turkey called? Okay, I know this one. It's a poult. My gosh, that's right. P o u l t, right? That's exactly right. A okay. baby turkey is called a poult. It can also be referred to as a chick or even a turklet. Turk. Okay, that's cute. That's I'm, cute. They're always going to be turklets now. Yeah, exactly. But. Polt, that's very good. Okay, what about an adult turkey? Adult, adult male turkey and an adult female. Uh, Tom. That's exactly correct. For the woman. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the woman, for, for the, the female. female. No, a Tom turkey for the male. Yep. And then it just, I think it's they're just called hens, just like that's a... That's exactly right. Like a chicken. An adult male turkey is called a Tom. An adolescent, so like a teenager, oh, is yeah. called a Jake, and a female oh. is called a hen all the time. I didn't know the Jake thing. That's impressive. You're I didn't know you're that. like doing good on your talking turkey here. Yeah. Well, they're okay. so close to chickens, you know. They are, and let's face it, Dan Dan the chicken man. That's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so here we go with another question. Okay. The domestic tom can weigh up to how many pounds? Oh, geez. And the domestic hen can weigh up to how many pounds? Domestic. Domestic. So I'm going to assume, because I've seen domestic turkeys and I've seen wild turkeys, that the domestic ones are much larger. That's correct, because we've got the wild wild weight up here, too. Yep. Um, I'm going to say 35 pounds for a male. So a domestic tom can weigh up to 50 pounds. Oh, my word. I know. I never would have guessed that. That's huge. And the wild tom can weigh up to 20 pounds, okay, so yeah. 50 to 20. So you're totally right. The yeah. domestics are bigger. Now, what do you think about hens? Um, for a domestic hen, I'll say 35. Okay. If the male is 50. 16. Oh. Isn't that crazy? Well, I want to be a female domestic turkey. Seriously, I, <laughs> I want to weigh 16 pounds. <laughs> and the domestic hen up to 16 pounds. The wild hen, how much do you think then when the domestic is 16? Um, I bet it's pretty close. Is it about the same? It's 12. 12, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's amazing about the 50. I That's huge. That's huge. That's totally huge. Yeah, that's probably like genetic engineering that we do. Yeah, you know something. I, yeah, something. But what um, this was several years ago, I was in Winterset and I was just cruising around taking photos. 
Of what, Dan? Do of, we fair, dare to ask? Oh, uh, the covered bridges. <laughs> okay, fair enough. The trees. Okay, that's all legal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I turned on this highway or whatever, and I look in this field, and the fields had been, um, you know, harvested, so you could see for miles. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? And it was a huge group of turkeys. Okay. And I was like, oh, I'm going to take photos, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I get out of my car, shut the door while the noise scares them, oh, right? No. And then they take off flying. And I was like, well, I didn't know they could fly. <laughs> and they can totally, like, uh-huh. take uh-huh. off. I mean, not if they're 50 pounds, probably. Uh-huh. But, um, but then it happened, again, something similar. When I was camping uh, this summer at Red Rock, I came out of my camper in the morning and shut the camper door and I had my like awning or whatever out so yeah. when I come out I couldn't like see very far in front of me because it like blocks your view so then I when I stepped down shut the door and I turned around I heard all of this noise and it scared me because it was super close yeah and it was a bunch of turkeys really yeah that were just like hanging out and you know at the campsite yeah and they too like you could hear them flying through the trees Okay, so I'm going to say this statement with all the love in my heart I have for you, which you know is a lot. You have always been someone for me that I have been looked at incredulous over what you know about animals, like any animal, orcas. I mean, seriously, the very fact that you didn't know turkeys can fly is, I know. is shocking to me. Well, so let me rephrase. <laughs> so it's kind of like I thought they were kind of like chickens, Okay, where they flew a short distance. Yes. Okay, all like, right. I know they can fly. They have wings. All right, right, my faith in you is much more restored now. Yeah, <laughs> but like I didn't think they could like leave like a robin could yeah. or whatever. And these the turkey totally did. Yeah, no, that actually surprises me, especially when you find out they're 50 pounds. Right. Well, yeah. now I don't know if a domestic turkey can oh, do that. Oh, good That's point. But good massive. point. Yeah. But even, even point. the wild ones. Uh, yeah, yeah, at 20 pounds. Yeah, but that's yeah. still a good size bird to be taken off. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So how long do you think turkeys live? Oh. Average lifespan of a wild turkey. A wild turkey? Uh, seven years. Three to four years. Oh. Generally feeds on seeds, nuts, insects, and berries. Mm-hmm. Okay, average lifespan of a domestic turkey from birth on, well, it says from birth to freezer. Wow. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, okay. I know lots of people that just have turkeys because right, they're for cool. Pets, yeah. yeah, so, uh, but anyway, so we'll skip to why do turkeys gobble? It's a mating call. Uh, they mostly do it in the spring and fall. It's a mating call and attracts the hens. Very good. Yeah. See, you do know your turkeys. See, I you wonder don't... if we have a turkey sound. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, wouldn't that be adorable? <laughs> we need to, like, find a turkey gobble gobble on that thing. So. I'll look. <laughs> well, Dan is looking for that. Uh, we need to remember Thanksgiving and being safe for your pets at Thanksgiving. So, uh, especially with foods. Now, I mean, Thanksgiving is all about being thankful, of course, but let's face it, food is a focus. Right. Yeah. And people are in and out of your house. And people are in and out of your house. So you need to be careful about what foods you're especially, like turkey, like you need to be careful of the bones, you know, um, and keep that away from your pet. Yeah. Yeah. Never give cooked bones period to right your dog. right um you know pies cakes chocolates any of that stuff not good not good not good so no nope. 
One of the things that we kind of recommend is, you know, if depending on how it is, like uh, you're going to hear me talking a lot about Jackson Remy, my two dogs yes. that are big. Uh, they're really good. I have trained them, you know, to like go lay down when people are over having dinner so mm-hmm. they're not right up at the table. But if they were at the table, they would be able to reach on the table and grab <laughs> a turkey. They would. Right. I mean, so you just got to be careful of that. And maybe sometimes it's a good idea, especially with people in and out, the doors in and out, to like put your cats in another room with food and water in a litter box so that you don't have to worry about them slipping out the door yep. or getting scared or frightened and whipping out the door. Yeah, because it can happen. It can happen. And everybody says, oh, that won't happen. But then it does. Absolutely. And then you're frantic trying to find your cat or your dog or for your that dog. matter. Yeah. And it's not, you don't want to spend your holiday that way. No. And, and you want to keep your pets safe. And it's right. our responsibility to keep our pets safe. And that's, that's exactly right. That's the thing. If you've got a dog that's like going to be trying to get food off everybody's plate and, and you know, maybe that's fine when it's you at home and you're feeding them from the table, right. but maybe your guests don't want that. And that's just not going to be a good situation. Again, you can put them in their kennel in another area, right. um, make them comfortable, make sure they're, you know, happy and all that. But just keeping them away from the table. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, everybody, um, when the dogs are begging, so to speak, you know, your first thing to do is just to give them whatever you're eating because they're so cute. Absolutely. Right? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, (laughs) But even if you do that with your dog, doesn't mean that everybody does that with their dog. Right. And some dogs have stomach issues, allergies. So just don't don't do that to somebody else's dog without knowing one, it's totally okay. Exactly. Um, but then to your point, beware of what you're giving them because um what happens a lot of times with especially the smaller dogs, it, this can happen with larger dogs too, but um is you give them a piece of turkey or ham or whatever, but so does 12 other people. And then they have pancreatitis issues. And that is painful, painful, painful. Uh, They're going to end up at the vet. They're probably going to have to spend a couple days at the vet. Yep. Um, So it's just not worth it. It's not. Just ask for dog treats and give them what they're used to. Yep. Um, and, And don't even bring that into the equation because then it's the holiday then you're gonna have to take them to the er right then it's four times the price right we all know this <laughs> right that's right um and i do think especially dogs remember who gives them the food like this right. happens at my house like, yes you know, they totally I do have a friend over they feed them off the table the next time they come over they know that person's going to feed them off the table and i just tell people i mean it's just like telling people we're not going to talk politics you can, <laughs> you can tell people you can tell people, hey, I, you know, don't feed the dogs from the table because they, their stomachs may get upset. I mean, you know, and yeah, most I think people are going to respect that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to your point that we should be telling people that. We should. Right? Like, if you want to give the dog a treat, come over here to this jar and right. give them one of these. Yep. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just not worth it because it's such a headache and it's stressful. And then it's stressful on the dog and on the yeah. people. And it's just... Nobody wants to spend their holiday that way. Right, exactly. So yeah. don't do that. Keep those pets safe. That's right. So uh, with usually Thanksgiving, then holiday trees start to go up right after also. Yeah, or now. Or now. Some people already have them up. I've seen them up already. Have you put yours up? 
No. You're not putting up a holiday no. tree, are you? <laughs> I, could tell, I could tell with that look, Dan. My thought, no way. He's not putting up a tree. I'm actually, I don't know if we will or not just because I'm not home, you know? So, yeah. Uh, but there are people, of course, putting up their holiday trees I already have. And I heard somebody today say to me about putting up the holiday tree, and then they heard you're supposed to like make the holiday tree a really scary thing so your pet doesn't want to come near it. And I cringed from head to toe right, a bit. Right. Because don't do that. Like the thing is, is that we want to just get them used to it mm-hmm. and proper behavior around it. That's so right. uh, one of the things we suggest is you set up the tree and leave it undecorated for a few days. Now, mm-hmm. I know that's hard because you get the tree up, you really want to decorate it. But the point to this is, is that your cats and dogs are going to get used to the tree being there and you will be able to teach them a little bit about proper tree behavior <laughs> before you have it all decorated and it falls over and you break a bunch of ornaments right. from it. Yeah, exactly. It'll um, be old news. It'll be old news. Yeah. It'll be old news. And a lot of people, uh, in fact, I saw one of these the other day. They put like a, oh, you know what I'm talking about, like a doggy play pen, like a Oh, sure. X-Pen. X-Pen. Yes, like Thank baby you. gates. Yes, yeah. around it. It looked really cute. They, mm-hmm. they put that up to keep the dogs and cats mm-hmm. away from the tree. But they had, you know, put the tree up, put a tree skirt around, and then put, you know, boxes and presents under there. And it looked really adorable. Yeah, like, well, and you can decorate those things, decorate too, with it. garland and yeah. whatever. How yeah, how cute is that? But yeah, that keeps idea. them away from, away from the pet. But so if you leave it... If you leave it blank and then you can start decorating, um, one of the things to do is to hang pet safe ornaments at the bottom part of the tree. So your cats, <laughs> when they're batting them around, they're all the plastic stuff. Right. Give them stuff they can play with. Give them stuff right? they can play with. Yep. Exactly. Put your really pricey, really fancy glass ornaments at the top. Um, and that way, you know, it's, it's not going to be, you know. Right, if they knock them off, it's Who no cares? big deal. Right, yep. yeah. Um, invest in a heavy-duty tree stand just to make <laughs> sure that it's, it's... And then I love this one, which is uh, you can put in, like, you know, a hook in your ceiling and yes. actually hook the tree up to it so mm-hmm. that it can't be knocked over. Yeah, to, like, anchor it to the wall yes. or the ceiling. Yeah, yes. I've seen that. Uh, the heavy-duty tree stand, I can't remember if it, I saw it on Facebook or, you know, I'm obsessed with TikTok. I scroll all the time. It was probably TikTok, but... Um, uh, a guy was getting ready to put up the tree and they had, I don't know, three or four cats. And he was like, this is a disaster every single year. <laughs> and so he put the tree like in the tree stand, you know, with the little legs. Yeah. Uh, but then he got like industrial size zip ties and zip tied the tree stand onto like two or three cinder blocks. Interesting. And I was like, oh, that's genius. That it thing is isn't genius. going anywhere. Yeah, that's genius. Yeah. And then he just, you know, you put, a tree skirt or whatever over the uh, cinder box. You can't even tell they're there. No, of course not. Really great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I also have to warn people about tinsel. I, you know, oh, yeah, it's icky. And cats eat it, dogs eat it, mm-hmm. kids, and it's not good. So, yeah. I, you know, if you don't need tinsel or have to have tinsel, I just wouldn't even put it on your tree. If you have to, then do some of these ideas, which is like the X pen around, keep your pets out, you know, mm-hmm. type of thing. But we have a lot more information on our website, www.arl-iowa.org. And you can go to our pet help section, right, Dan? And, yes. And uh, it says like cats and holiday trees. And we've got a bunch of information on there and suggestions for how to keep your pets safe because most of what applies to the cats on that also applies to the dogs. Right. Um, and keep your pets safe with holiday trees up. So. Yeah. And that tinsel... You know, I just don't like it because it's, I mean, it's bad for everything. It is. And it 
gets outside and, you know, birds love it because yep. it's shiny. Um, but then it gets wrapped around their legs and it causes damage. It's just up for something else. Yeah. Up for, or nothing. I or, mean, or nothing. Yeah. You put enough ornaments and stuff on there. Right. Then you don't need the tinsel. Right. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. So. I agree. Uh, so information there. So we have lots more to talk about, including according to uh, an article uh, by AZ Animals, there's 15, these are the 15 scariest animals still on earth today. And as much as we love all animals, Dan, uh, some of these were kind of frightening. Yeah. I mean, I want them like, you know, in the wild where they should be. Right. Yeah. Like you can eat dinner, just not at my table. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there's a countdown here. So we got number 15. Okay. Let's go. And what's what's number 15? Electric eel. They have literally, Dan, they have special <laughs> organs in their bodies that unleash electric charges. And they mean powerful electric yeah. charges, like reaching up to 650 volts. Which, just to put that into perspective, like a normal volt or a plug, you know, that you just like plug your cell phone charger in is 120. And these are 650. Right. Yeah. So five times? Five times as much from these electric eels. That's crazy. It is. There was a, I saw on TikTok again, (laughs) uh, where a guy had ordered some of these where they like breed them. For pets? Or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And, um... When they were in, they were shipped to him. So they came in this like styrofoam thing, you know, with water, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I have rubber shoes on. I have (laughs) rubber gloves that I'm doing to like ground himself or whatever. But he was terrified to like pick up the bag that these eels were in. And he said the exact same thing. He said they can go up to 650 volts of electricity. Um, but yeah, he. I mean, they're beautiful. They are beautiful, but and, I don't. And they're really not aggressive, is what is what you really hear right. about them. But I really have to ask the guy, why? I know. I wouldn't. <laughs> I know. I wouldn't want that in my house either. I know. Why don't you just let them be where they should be? Right. And not in your house. Exactly. Right. Um. Yeah. But what's funny is I remember growing up and hearing about uh, electric eels, you know, and it's like one of those. Like, oh, new fear unlocked. Like, uh, you're going to get in the ocean and you're going to get shocked by shocked by immediately. One. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to come across them if they were mad. No, seriously. I, you know, that's just their defense mechanism. So Right. So number 14. Uh, number 14 is the colossal squid. Yep. Uh, it's the biggest among uh, the cockatoo or glass squids, which are part of the – I'm not going to say that word correctly – Cranchidae family? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Somebody can correct me. Uh, Historically, there was some kind of debate in the past about whether or not the species of squid even existed. Um, But with the help of technology, more film imagery, uh, they've actually recorded this species. So they know it's there. They know it's there. Um, But it's huge. It's huge. I mean, I guess that's why it's called the colossal squid, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I think it's the size probably that makes it makes them so um, scary. scary. Yeah, you know? I would agree with that. Yeah. So I mean, they're again, they're beautiful. Right. They're beautiful. Yeah, I, and I think these are like more deep 
like deep sea. Yeah. Like, I don't think you're going to see this when you're in the Bahamas right. swimming in the lagoon, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and if you do run. Right. Right. Exactly. Because guess what? They're colossally big. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So number 13, a vampire bat. So, and... I think these are so cute. They are cute. You know, people either think they're cute or they think they're scary. I mean, seriously. Like, and some people probably think both. But the biggie with these, of course, is they can pass on rabies, which can, you know, cause some problems. Um, <laughs> just a little. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little. So that's, I think, why uh, they actually say they're pretty calm and actually even friendly to humans in right circumstance. Yeah. But you do need to be careful of any bat. Any bat, that. yeah, um, absolutely. So, and I don't think they probably did it any favors by naming it a vampire bat. <laughs> right. I mean, seriously. Because then what do you think of? You think of Dracula. Absolutely. And then you think that they're going to like fly around and land on your neck and suck your blood, right? <laughs> exactly. And that's so, totally not what they do. Now they're scary. Right. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. You know, they feed on, uh, feed, that sounds like a weird term, but, um, you know, they get, I mean, they do drink blood. That's. Yeah true but right. it's like from cattle and stuff like, right and they don't kill the cows right right they're just like their teeth are so tiny right um but the first time i saw vampire bats was in at the omaha zoo really yeah they have a little like exhibit with them or whatever and uh, i was like oh they're cute but then they had like little trays of blood, you know, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> you know, the thing is about bats, they're so good for like you want them around your place. They are they exactly get take out mosquitoes. Right. I mean, you know, so they are actually a really positive thing like that for the environment being around. But yes. Yeah. And around here, we don't have vampire bats. We have the they're called little brown bats, I think I is think what they're that's called. Exactly right. Brown bats. But um they're, yeah, they're so cute. We yeah. used to get calls all the time doing animal services for uh, bats yeah. in people's houses, right? Especially like when it starts to get cold outside because they go in to hibernate, you know, yep. for, the, for the winter. Um, but vampire bats are in like Mexico and South America. Right. We don't, we don't have to worry about vampire bats here. Right. But I will say like, you know, again, even the ones you got here don't. I mean, they're protected. They are absolutely protected species. But, but you don't need to pick them up. Yeah. Yeah. And if one does make it into your house, um, you know, call your local uh, wildlife rehabber or if you do have an animal control uh, or animal services uh, department um, in your jurisdiction, call them. And if they can't help you, they'll they'll know who can. Um but really, they're, you don't have to be scared of them at all. Right, exactly. They're not going to get in your hair, you know, like the all the movies say. Right. That's totally not, not Number 12 is totally frightening to me. I, I, I've seen too much about these creatures. I agree with you. So who's going to say it, you or me? The Komodo dragon. Yeah. They're, they are literally dragons. They, I, they actually said that their bite isn't as strong as other reptiles, like a crocodile, but they use their teeth and claws to cut and tear into their pe prey, which mm -hmm. can be you and me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they will for oh. sure go after humans. Uh. Um, and they're venomous. Yep. So, uh, which is just like in their saliva. So it just like slowly paralyzes you. Right. Right. I mean, they said that there's new evidence in the fact that they this venom they have is strong. It can kill people, mm -hmm. even people. Mm -hmm. um, 
they actually thought um, for a long time that scientists thought that they caused harm through just bacterial infection. That's but, right. But they have these, you know, these claws and mm-hmm. yeah. I, so we're just going to leave it at that because they're <laughs> they're scary. They're scary creatures. They are. Yeah, I would. That's like I'll swim with sharks you would. and orcas. Uh, you would. But I would not walk with Komodo dragons. <laughs> yeah, that's out. <laughs> There's where Dan draws the line. That's right. As you listen to this podcast week after week, Dan's about willing to do whatever with animals. Right. But, I, but there's where the line is. Yeah. And I totally get it. That's they're, the line. Yeah, they're scary. No Komodo dragons. <laughs> no Komodo dragons. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Number 11 is a goblin shark. They're rarely seen and hardly ever captured on film. They do have a kind of what they what they describe as a gruesome appearance. Um, uh, they look intimidating. Uh, they're not necessarily known to be aggressive, like the bull shark, um, but they but they look scary. They they look and they're active predators. Yeah, they do. Um, you know, they kind of have a like a like a Pinocchio nose. Yeah, almost. not like a you know, it's not. It doesn't look like a broomstick. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I can see why. People would see it and would be scared of it. Right. I think it's when they say, like, they're not known to be an aggressive shark species, and then their nose just keeps growing like Pinocchio. Like, <laughs> I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, uh, But, you yes. know, they're dinosaurs, so they've been around forever. So right. they have, like, there's some purpose for that nose. Right. Right? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And, again, you know, we go through this list, and... You know, there's obviously purpose to all, you know. Right. Uh, and we, even the Komodo dragon. Even the Komodo dragon. And we just <laughs> need to always appreciate other living creatures. So, right. yeah. And know that they exist. Right. And know that they need to exist. Right. And know that you really want to stay away from a Komodo dragon. I'm, that's all I'm saying right here. That's going to be the gist of this. So, okay. Number 10. Number 10 is the Cape Buffalo. Amazing um, creatures. They really are. Yeah. So these are the African version of uh, the buffalo. Uh, you know, we call our bison buffalo, which they are in some weird way. But um, these look a lot different. Um, but they're the largest and most powerful buffalo in Africa. Um, and if they feel the least bit cornered or if they're in danger, they're going to charge you. Isn't that crazy? They actually describe them as raging maniacs. I mean, I've seen plenty of documentaries and yeah, they just, uh, you know, that fight or flight response, it's just very short with them Yep. and they're going to fight if they can't, if they can't run, they're going to fight. Yeah. And they said they'll even, um, fight like that to protect themselves, but also nearby calves, even if those calves aren't their own. Yeah. They have a very, um, uh, I do remember hearing about that on, you know, like planet earth or whatever, um, that they're very tight knit like yeah. that because they're herd animals, yeah. right? And they have you have to stay in a big group if you want to survive in Africa. Right. Let's face it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not something that I would want to be cornered by. No, that's for sure. Fascinating, but yeah. Right. Yeah. The next one is the black rhinoceros. Both the black and white rhinoceros are actually kind of gray in color, but the black rhinoceros have a pointed upper lip, and the white one has a square lip, like the Cape buffalo. They have massive horns they use as defensive weapons. Mm-hmm. So, can I tell you something? Yeah, of course, you can. I met the uh, white rhinos. Yes. At the Blank Park Zoo. Yes. And they're like puppy dogs. I agree with you. I'm sure in the wild they're different. Right. 
and obviously the blank park zoo does a great job of oh my like god their programs clicker are clicker training and all that kind of yes. stuff these animals they do feel like big old puppy dogs they do um but when you uh noted that one has a pointed upper lip yes. so the black rhino no that's what i meant black rhino um and then the white rhino has a flat upper lip yeah um I learned that. I did not know that. I learned that from the zookeeper at the Blank Park Zoo. Yeah. And I did learn that the white rhinos are much bigger than the black rhinos, and the black rhinos are what they have at the Blank Park Zoo. Yep. Um, uh, but that's how you can tell them apart. If, you know, you're not sure what you're looking at, you just look at their lips. Yeah. Uh, and interestingly, too, sadly, a lot of these rhinos are um, endangered in the wild. That's horrible. Because of the, you know, horns. People want them for the ivory. So, again. Which, so and they're not even ivory. I know. Did you know that? Yeah, I absolutely knew that. But people, like, think they are right. stuff made out of them. And I'll right. say this for the second second podcast in a row. Stop <laughs> buying stuff made out of ivory. Right. But uh, they actually have guards Yes. On these rhinos. Yes, they do. Because, I mean, not the ones in zoos, in the right. wild. <laughs> Although I would totally sign out to be a guard I mean, seriously. for the rhinos at the zoo. Yeah. But they, yeah. <laughs> but they have guards on them in the other country. Yeah. Uh, to make sure nobody poaches them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, and I asked the zookeeper, I was like, clearly to your point, these animals are used to people at the zoo, right? Right. Um, they do amazing training with them, clicker training. It's all cl- clicker based, positive reinforcement. Um, you know, and this animal weighed, gosh, I, I, you know, almost 2,000 pounds. And they were just feeding her uh, little pieces of apple. And she was happy to stand there and let us pet her. Um, but then, what I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Willingly, she laid down. And went over onto her bell onto her side because she wanted belly rubs. Oh my god! Nobody told her to do that. Totally she just sweet. did it. And so I was like, "Well, is this why? Like, clearly, people want the the horn or whatever for you know traditional medicine, which we all know is hokey pokey at this point. Um, but is that why they're like almost extinct because they're like easy to kill? You know, like right? They're not really scared of anything, and she said that she was sure that was probably part of it, but most of it was the the, the trade, you know, the, the horn trade. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just don't. Just stop it. Just stop. Don't buy anything horn, ivory, tiger skin, whatever. Just stop it. I mean, the thing is, is it's such an easy solution. Seriously. If there's no market for it. Right. They don't need it. Exactly. You They'll know? move on to the next day. Exactly. And, you know, I have a friend who's a wildlife photographer. He was in Kenya. And one of my framed photographs in my house is of a rhino, one of the last ones that has guards on him all the time. Mm. I mean, I love the photograph. Yeah. It's beautiful. Because it tells rhino, a story, too. But it tells a story. Yeah. That's exactly right. You know, so. Yeah. So moral of the story is you can pay to go behind the scenes at the Blank Park Zoo, um, and you should totally do it. Yeah. You can choose what experience you want. Yeah. Um, but I was so surprised by the yeah. rhinos. Yeah. Uh, and I'll never forget it. No, of course you won't. And I don't know how that works with the zoo. I mean, I you know, but you'd have to call them for... Oh, yeah. Call them. You have to you, you pay know, for it and yeah. then schedule it. Yeah. And and I don't know if they do it on a normal basis or not. <clears throat> I, don't, I just don't know. But... 
but the gist of this is to, you know, we can all make a difference with this with this scary creature. That's right. 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 I'm not scared of them. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Even though I probably should be. Right. I'll walk next to rhinos, right. but not Komodo dragons. Right. Exactly. You're still drawing the line at the dragon. <laughs> Until I meet a at. nice one. Right. Yeah. Which you won't. <laughs> which you won't. You might meet one, but it's not going to be nice, and we may not hear about it. Right. Because, right. Yeah. <laughs> Number eight is the hippopotamus. I bu- I totally believe this. <clears throat> yeah, they they say that they people think of them kind of like as they should be like big. Well, they actually said like big teddy bears, but they right. could not be further from the <laughs> truth that they have enormous teeth. Their teeth grow throughout their lifetime and can be up to twenty inches long. And that like wildlife photographer I was just talking about yes. he has another photo, uh-huh. and it's of a rhino that's chasing him, like. I don't know how he got it. A hippo chasing I'm him? I'm sorry. It's a hippo yeah. chasing him because uh-huh. they it came right out of the water. Like it, you know, they say they're very dangerous. Oh, yeah. They're super, super territorial. Yeah. And I think that's mostly why they're so aggressive, right? right. There might have been a young somewhere right. close to, right. but yeah. But what's even more interesting is their teeth, which, oh. you know, it says here they never stop growing, yeah. can be 20 inches long, but they're not meat eaters. Yeah, isn't that fascinating? So they're, you know, they're they vegetarians. They Right. They, yeah, meat. They don't eat So that's meat. strictly there right. to cause pain right. and make something get out of its way. <laughs> and I think hippos are beyond adorable. I think they are too. Oh my gosh. So cute. But... You've seen those videos of Fiona, the hippo oh, at yeah. a zoo. Yeah. I can't remember what zoo that is. I, I mean, like, I'll, I want one. I know. I know. <laughs> and we're not promoting the ownership of any wild no, animal. Let's just do that don't. little public right. thing. But no, they're adorable. I agree with you. I have a stuffed hippo. I love it. Yeah. Like, it's adorable. I mean, I'm so. sure, I guess that's why, uh, who was that? Uh, Pablo Escobar, the, yes. the drug lord. He Didn't had, he have them? Yeah. And they were like taking, they're taking over South America now. Yeah. Cause he had them. Yeah. And they to were, like protect. Right. I mean, I guess if you're going to have something to protect you, right. get some hippos. Yeah. I mean, don't really get don't. some hippos, but. And you know, I mean, we're talking about a drug lord. Right. Yeah. I mean. Clearly not, <laughs> not sane. Right. <laughs> okay. So the next one is just fascinating to me. I mm-hmm. never would have thought it would have been on this list because we're talking about what they perceive as to be the 15th scariest animal still alive. Right. And it is. A cassowary. Which is a bird. I'm shocked by that. Um, The Blank Park Zoo actually has some cassowaries too. Yeah. Which they're beautiful birds. And they're a bird. They're super aggressive. That's that's amazing. Yeah. So they they must use their legs or their beak. Their legs, yeah. Their legs. Yeah. And they, I mean, they kind of look like an ostrich, um, I guess, but they're a little bit smaller than an ostrich, but... um, they're a beautiful blue color, but their legs are massive. And they supposedly can kick both forward and backward. That's right. Isn't that interesting? Yes. All I know is I say that, and then I think about when I first got chickens and a little banty hen was chasing me around the yard. <laughs> and I think, okay, fair enough. Right. Imagine that, you know, times 50. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. I would uh, not want to um, come across a cassowary either. No. Okay, number six is a wolverine. They usually weigh less than 40 pounds, but you do not want to get in a fight with one. Um, Less than a domestic turkey. Less than a domestic (laughs) turkey. Yes, yes. Uh, It said it'll attack with its claws. Oh, yeah, I believe it. And they're long, you know, like a bear, like a bear's claws. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. And I think, uh, you know, these little guys have that fight or flight response too and they're 
they're just scrappy, kind of like a little honey badger, and they just don't care. <laughs> yeah. they'll, they'll fight if they have to. Well, you know, the movie, isn't it Hugh Jackman? Yeah. Wolverine. Exactly. Yeah, he those long claws. Right. There you go. That's ex- that's where they got it from. Exactly. So, yeah, they're but they're cute. They're I think cute. they're so cute. I agree. Yeah. They're totally cute. I know. Again. Number five uh, is an animal found again in the ocean. There's been quite a few of those. Which is why water. I stay out of water. Water, man. yeah. A lot of mm-hmm. a lot of them are water-based, aren't they? Um, it's a belcher sea snake. Uh, it's the most dangerous snake in the world. Uh, it seldom grows to be over three and a half feet long. Uh, has a slender body, a yellow base, and green crossbands. But it's like highly venomous. Mm. And again, like you, I, you know, this is kind of like an oxymoron because I would totally swim with orcas. You would. I would totally do that. Um, you know, like in New Zealand or Norway, I think you can do that. But, right. Um, the ocean freaks me out. Yeah. And I think it's just because it's so big. Right. And you have no idea what's under you. That That's exactly. I am petrified of bodies of water where I cannot see down because yeah. you don't know what's under there. Right. There could be a belcher sea snake mm-hmm. waiting for you. Right. And then a hippo under that. Right. <laughs> that's exactly right. And, and then what a cassowary else? on land waiting for you to get out of the water. And worse yet, the Komodo dragon <laughs> sitting there. Right. 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 No, so I'm just with you. Be careful if you're in the water. Exactly. Is what we're saying. There we go. Yeah, number four. Here's another one. I know. I saw this. Number four is a stonefish. And he looks like a stone. He totally looks like a stone. Um, and lives in the reefs off of uh, Australia's coast. Yep. They have 13 spines along their back. Each spine carries venom that can kill most animals, humans included. Uh, and these fish are the most venomous fish in the world. Uh, and it looks like a stone. Yeah, like you could easily be, you know, on the beach in Australia and like accidentally step on one. Right. Like you would, like it looks like a rock. You could be reaching down to pick up a rock and see the eye blink and it's all over for right. you. Yeah. Would you, I would probably have a heart attack. I probably would too. Yeah. I mean, the venom wouldn't be able to kill me because I'd be dead already. <laughs> exactly. I mean, seriously. <laughs> number uh, three. What's number three? A golden poisonous dart frog. Which are beautiful. They are beautiful. They are beautiful in color. Bright yellow. Uh, they actually say this little frog has enough venom in its body to kill 10 adults. It's so deadly that the um, people of Colombia tip their arrows and blow guns with it before using them. That oh, to be- like hunt or whatever. Right, because yeah. it's so venomous like that. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, and they're so tiny. They're not, I mean, they're not no, big at all. They're not big. They Interestingly, though, scientific studies show that the frog does not eat its usual diet of Colombian plants and insects. It doesn't have venom. So so it's like the outer, like, slime on I, I the guess. animal, I think. Yeah. And I think they do that, right? It's a defense mechanism so yeah. that things won't eat it. Right. Exactly. Which is, I mean, that's brilliant. Right. Can I cover, we should cover ourselves in that slime. (laughs) Leave us alone. Yeah. We're covered (laughs) in slime. Let it go. (laughs) And the next one again is right back in the water, Dan. Number Number two. two. Number two. My screen won't move. Oh, yes. The blue ringed octopus. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And they're, they're, I think they're kind of small, if I remember correctly. Uh, but these live off the coast of Australia again, where you know our buddy Mick uh, 
is from. Right. But the joke is always everything in Australia is trying to kill you. Exactly. Literally. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Japan, the Philippines, and India. Um, But they can be easily identified because of the blue rings that appear on its body uh, whenever it feels threatened. Right. So. It can look like a rock one minute, but then if it feels threatened and it shows you the blue rings, you better run. <laughs> yeah, and swim fast. And swim fast. Yeah, the venom in this animal is more potent than any land animal, which means all of those snakes that could, you know could kill ten people. Yeah, like this octopus is is worse than that. I believe the poison is strong enough to kill up to twenty four adults in minutes. That's insane. Minutes. Yeah. The bite of a blue ring octopus is so slight it would be hard to notice if a person actually stepped on one. So you may not even know mm. it. But within five to ten minutes, you're going to start to feel symptoms like numbness, progressive muscular weakness, tingling. Difficulty breathing and swallowing, nausea, vomiting, and difficulty speaking. There's no antidote. But only three recorded deaths. Yeah. Interestingly enough, they said that things start to fade in 15 hours, like the symptoms Uh fade. So only three recorded deaths, but yikes. Wow. They're again on TikTok. Here I go with the TikTok again. (laughs) Um, Somebody was, I assume, in Australia or Japan or the Philippines or India, and they were in like a tide pool and they were recording all these you know beautiful animals and crustaceans and whatever and they picked up a blue ring octopus but they didn't know what it was oh no and they it was like you know in their hand just yeah. right above the water yeah and people were like you are so lucky that that thing didn't bite you yeah yeah because if it did you'd probably be dead <sighs> so don't pick things up no that look like rocks don't do it <laughs> right <laughs> number 1 is the Nile crocodile all species of crocodiles attack approximately 1,000 worldwide annually, and about 40% are fatal, but the most aggressive is the Nile crocodile, which can be found throughout Africa. It's afraid of nothing and is the second largest crocodile in the world. can be as long as a giraffe is tall. That is crazy. Isn't that crazy? It's a, it is the top predator in Africa's rivers, and they have the world's strongest bite. They hold their prey underwater to drown them. Then they use their 64 teeth to turn their victim repeatedly. Mm-hmm. We heard about the crocodile, you know, you talk about the crocodile rolls. Right, that's alligator right. Alligator rolls until pieces of the flesh come off. Oh, my gosh, seriously. Mm-hmm. So I think the gist of this, there's 15 of these scariest <laughs> animals, and most of them seem to be in the water. Yeah. I, I agree. Agree. Yeah. A majority of them, or like, live very close to the water. Right. Right. That's exactly. <laughs> like right. even the water buffalo. The photo. Yes. Is in the water. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the hippo in the water. Right. That's right. <laughs> so, and if I'm not mistaken, I'll fact check this, and we can talk about it next time. But I'm pretty sure that hippos kill more people than crocodiles every year. Interesting. In Africa. Yeah, you'll have to look that up. Yeah, I'll, I'll look that up. But, yeah, I wouldn't want to come across a crocodile either. No. And I'm pretty sure the Australian crocodiles are the largest. Yeah. Oh and, again, gosh. Australia. Right. <laughs> I think the thing is, you know, what we hope from this podcast is to appreciate even those 15 scariest animals, like how fascinating each of them, those species individually is, mm-hmm. and we live on the earth with them. Right. And we need to... Respect that mm-hmm. and, you know, work around living They've been with here them. way longer than we right. have. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and 
obviously we don't want you know harm to come to these species no it's just interesting to talk about all the different species of animals right and out there. what do we always say the more you know the more you understand right and the more you understand the more you know the less scared you are right, right? I still think out of that whole list, the crocodiles at the top of my list mm-hmm. alight along with the Komodo dragon. I know. Those things are freaky. They are. Yeah. And they can move very fast, just like a hippo. Right. A hippo can move very fast, too. And so, Well, so can a rhino. Right. A ri- I learned a rhino can run up to 35 miles per hour. Yeah. And I was like, that big I, thing? I can't run 35 miles an hour. No. So I'm, I'm done. I don't even want to run five miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you think I'm going to get in the car. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to go 80. <laughs> but I got to make it to my car first. That's right. There we go. So <laughs> At five miles an hour. <laughs> uh, well, it's fascinating. It that, is fascinating. For sure. So, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the more you learn, the more you read about them, the more interesting I feel like. That's why I know so much about animals is because I, I'm like, this is so weird. And so I just read about them and, and learn about them. Absolutely. It's, and then we can talk about them. Right. It's interesting stuff. Right. Yeah. And interestingly, too, for me, like you look at things like that frog or the cal- uh, cal- bird. Oh, the cassowary. The cassowary. Yes. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely beautiful to just look at. You right. Know, to know that it's there. Mm-hmm. Bright yellow, bright blue. I mean, how beautiful. I know. So. But then they're like, don't come near me. Right. And I'm fine with that. Right. Yeah. And then we're like, you can have your space. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, interesting stuff. If you want to see that list again, I'm sure Bernie will have that loaded up on our Yeah, we'll uh, post it so Love everybody of Animals can Facebook page. Scroll through it yeah. for sure. Be sure and get on there. If you're listening, be sure and get on our Animal Rescue League of Iowa uh, for Love of Animals Facebook page and, and link up to that so you can... Yeah, for sure. Because we'll post things that we talk about. You can send messages, ask questions. Yes. Um, we'll post stuff in between time. Right. Yeah. Interact, comment. Yeah. We'll, we'll see it and we'll respond. Right. Yeah. Very good. Uh, so someone was asking about guinea pigs earlier and I adore guinea pigs as pets and we'll talk more about these in future shows, uh, podcasts that we're doing, but, uh, guinea pigs are wonderful and the animal rescue league of Iowa, uh, if you go to our fa- our uh, website, www.arl-iowa.org, and you go to Adopt, and then you can go to our small pets, um, you'll find that we have guinea pigs often, a lot of them, for adoption Yes. at the Animal Rescue League. But <clears throat> they're wonderful, wonderful pets. And, um, you know, you can – I think it's really cute. They love, like, you know, fresh, clean vegetables and grasses mm-hmm. daily and just watch them chew that stuff is fun. And Yeah, and they're pretty social, they too. They are, they, yeah. they like to be um, – like, you can let them out of their cage and yep. let them run around. You can get uh, – you know, like, back in the day, there was uh, the little hamster – balls that you know the clear yeah. balls that you get they make those big enough now for guinea pigs uh, how cute is that for I mean, enrichment right yeah and let them cruise around your house right you know make it safe yeah you know block the stairs off obviously but um but they love to be in pairs They're, right they do best in pairs yeah make sure you get two females or two males right or a male that's neutered that's right um but they're yeah they're called cavies and they live five to eight years which is pretty decent pretty decent um y- you can brush them so it's, yeah. it's, it, they like that, you know, for like enrichment. Um, really good with that. I know people that have built like really cool, like kind of big box things for their guinea pigs to live in, yeah. you know, um, and had a couple. So they had a friend. And what's interesting, they either have the smooth fur or the rough fur. Mm-hmm. Um, and a mom guinea pig can have both of those types. Mm-hmm. So 
I fostered a mom guinea pig that was smooth haired. She had four babies. Oh my two gosh, were I rough, bet they were so cute. And two were smooth. They were adorable. And the thing is about that is they're actually born mm-hmm. with their fur and their eyes open. It's very freaky. Yeah, they're ready to go. They're ready to go. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, they obviously need to be with mom for a period of time, but they're right. They're they're like little tiny tribbles. I mean, they're it's weird. Like I opened the door that morning and there was Rosie and there were four miniature Rosies. I mean, it was Fur eyes open. They're very fun right from the get-go. Yeah, and we actually have a lot of guinea pigs for adoption right now. Like, I just counted more than 12 for sure. Um, And, of course, rabbits. Rabbits are amazing too. But, um, yeah, if you you want something, um, you know, a little bit bigger than a hamster or a rat, which, you know, we talk about rats all the time on uh, the podcast and how great pets they are. But if you want something a little bit bigger – um, but still something social, like these are, these are great animals. Absolutely. The other nice thing I think is if you adopt from the Animal Rescue League or any shelter in your area, but if you adopt from the Animal Rescue League, like we have a lot that came in bonded up. Yes. And then it, you don't have to try to get a couple introduced. You can adopt a pair right. that are already living together. Yep. So. And, and yeah, never, never adopt one single i i feel like that's kind of cruel yeah because they they really do best in in pairs they do or groups even three i yeah. have a friend who has three yeah yeah uh well and we've talked about this before too but um i think it's called mason's cavies it's somewhere in england oh i love this it's uh like a rescue yep you know and um thank god they do what they do but they must have a hundred and they have like a uh, heated and air conditioned shed essentially in their backyard that they've converted to be a guinea pig house. Yeah. And it's so adorable. And it they is. Like have a wheelbarrow, you know, that they push out with all the vegetables and food every day. And you can just hear them start to squee and uh, squeal, but they make great pets. Yeah, so they're if you're looking for that, come out to the air all. And right now we have Chanel, um, Coco, and Bon Bon. I know. A pair of. Or- Triplets. Yes. Yeah, that are ready to go together, and they're adorable. Which are amazing names. Yeah, very cute. They got two of them are smooth hair, one of them's a rough hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we got lots of pairs. We got Button and Richard. You and know, Millie. And Millie. Yeah. Uh, so another threesome there. Um, yeah, totally great pets. Lots you can do for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're fairly easy to care for, too. Yeah. Love their Timothy hay. Yeah. Vegetables. They're they're good pets for kids, too. Um, they're a little older that don't want to squeeze them too much. but Exactly. Uh, yeah. But they're really fun because you can hand them like a leaf, you know. Right. Like lettuce or cabbage or right. whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. And they, um, uh, yeah, they, they tend to. Like you can interact more with them versus like a hamster or whatever, you know, because a hamster, they're adorable. You and I, you know, we had hamsters growing we up when did. we were kids. Oh, my gosh. Um, And they're cute. But and, you know, sometimes you can handle them, but they don't really care for it. No. And they're nocturnal. Right. So they're going to be awake when your kid's asleep. Right. Yeah. Or I would just be awake in the middle of the night. Right. I was like, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing with my hamster. Right. But, you know, they're right. solitary, too. I mean, they want right. to be alone. Exactly. Can't have two hamsters. So. Exactly. No. So, so yeah, check it out. Um, and there is uh, on the ARL website, arl-iowa.org. Um, 
for, and this goes for any pet, virtually any pet. If you click on pet help and then scroll down, there's a resources for pet owners um, that has tons and tons of information about um, boarding, grooming, dog parks. And then uh, there is specific information for cats, dogs, horses, guinea pigs, rats, birds, and just so much information there that, you know, even if you already have these animals, it probably wouldn't hurt to go read because oh, you, you may learn something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And all that's right on the um, the ARL website, which is super helpful. And if your answer isn't out there, then ask us and right. we'll get an answer for you. We will. Yeah. We're all over it. We are. So we're about wrapping up, but let's, we are. let's let's go to our events real quick. They're coming up. So if you want to see any of our events at the Animal Rescue League, you can go to our website, and at the top there's a little button that's for events, and then a calendar comes up. And the calendar's really cool because it's all color-coded. So if we have a fun adoption event going on, it's going to be yellow, animal clinics green, purple is going to be like our wonderful fundraising events, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, and we have some fun events coming up. So uh, Tree of Life starts on December 1st, so next Friday. And Tree of Life is one of our longest things we've done. And we put up holiday trees in all of our different locations. And we have people that bring out donations of, you know, cat litter or, you know, toys for the dogs and the cats mm-hmm. and the small animals, you know, bedding for the small animals, even stuff like paper towels, Windex, stuff like that. Everything that we would need. And you can look on our website for our fetch list. And that has a list of things that we use all the time. And they put that under the tree for the animals. And all of those donations are just used for months. months literally months. Literally. Yeah. Um, and it's really fun because, like, the dog and cat toys and animal toys that we get – the dogs get to come out um, I know, of their I love kennels, that. and they get to pick one of the toys I from under a that. tree. Um, I love it. And so we appreciate so much everyone's donations, but that runs all the way through December, December 1st to the 31st. There'll be trees at all of our adoption um, events and all of our locations, and you can see those on our website as well. So that's Yeah, starting. and I always loved um, a couple years ago on New Year's day i believe it was when uh you know a group of volunteers go into the shelter to give the shelter staff the day off yep and you just see all of those gifts under it and the tree looks so tiny it does. because they're so it's so amazing like the whole uh entryway is just full <clears throat> of stuff which people are you know we've said this for years people are so generous they are we're so lucky we are we're very lucky so yeah, check that out. We also have uh, Sand and Paws going on right now, uh, which is the 37th year. We talked about that last uh, uh, time. It's one of the longest running events. Yep. Uh, but go schedule your time. Get your picture taken with Santa or no Santa if you don't want Santa. Yep. Um, there is also uh, Grinch Bingo coming I love up. This. Yes, in December, uh, you get I believe it's three cards. Um, it's on the 13th, December 13th is a Wednesday, um, for 20 bucks. Uh, yep. You get three cards and you get a little Grinch bag. Um, and you can buy additional boards if you want, but go sign up. Um, thank you Metronet for sponsoring that event. That was super nice of them, but just come play bingo. I mean, who doesn't love to play bingo? I'm going to be there. I think it sounds hilarious. Yeah. Are you coming? Yeah, I'll come. Absolutely. I'll come. come. Yeah. Come sit with me. 
I mean, and it's green. I'm sorry. I know. It's, it's Grinch. It's too funny. Right. Yeah, you can't go wrong with the Grinch. No, you cannot. So we'll uh, Dan and I will be there. We'll see you there. Yeah, I'll come. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the volunteer information sessions. They happen... Uh, pretty much every Wednesday, unless there's, you know, some kind of event happening. Um, but go out there, check it out. There's always an opportunity for people to get involved, especially now the shelter is so full oh of my animals. Gosh, yes. um, every shelter across the nation is. It's not something that's uh, unique to, to Iowa by any means. But, um, you know, you don't even have to want to work with animals. You could uh, do paperwork. Right. You can I, I'm making this up stuff envelopes or you can clean the windows yep. or uh, do laundry. You know, mm-hmm. some people just like to come and come and do laundry. And if uh, that's something that you're interested in, you know, sign up for a volunteer information uh, session, become a volunteer and get involved. Because what do we always say? It takes a village. Absolutely. It takes a village. That's right. Yes. I think that's all we got, I Carol. Think that's what we've got. It was way too fun. I could we could just talk for hours I know, though. Seriously. I mean, seriously. So we're gonna wrap up our very first full For Love of Animals podcast. And uh hope you enjoyed it. Hope you join us again next Wednesday. Hey, there we go. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> <laughs> hope you join us again next Wednesday. Uh we'll have more fun information. And again, if you have a question or something Smith you'd like us to talk about, please do that on our website or uh, uh, on our Facebook page, and yes. we'll be sure and get those items addressed as well. So Yeah, we would love to hear from you. Absolutely. So in a world where you can be anything, be kind. Everyone have a great week. We'll see you next time. <laughs>